Hey everyone, if you like the content that you're hearing, uh, please support the show. Uh, we have subscriptions up right now for a monthly dollar a month or up to whatever donation you feel uh, comfortable with. And also, you can hit my link R, which is in uh, the description of the show, uh, to send me donations for Venmo and Cash App. And all this goes into bringing in better quality and also better content. So thank you. Have a good day. Hey, everyone. I wanted to uh, definitely uh, talk about real quick how excited I am to have this artist, uh, Elias Ali, on my podcast. Um, he's someone that I've uh, met a few times in the, in the city uh, that was a big influence on my, uh, my craft as not only an activist, um, but also being an organizer. Um, I looked up to him and a lot of uh, people from uh, New York Branch, uh, shout out to New York Branch. And I learned about his music from there. And I got to tell you, I really, really enjoy his music. I listen to it a lot. Um, and I fully support this brother. I feel like a lot of people in this world needs to be hearing some shit like this, some content like this. This is some good fucking music. Um, and the series is a two-part um the interview is a two-part because we just had so many great conversations um so much good dialogue so much great back and forth learning about how similar both of our backgrounds are with being raised in the christian family um being artists um, of course being activists of course so you put somebody in a a, a room that has that many similarities is already going to be a great dialogue and i hope you guys enjoy it i holla if you really real enough other rappers is delirious yeah it's really that serious better holla if you really feeling me i gotta keep it a hundred hey if you don't like it then fuck it hey we gonna win in the end yeah we gonna live in abundance I gotta keep it a hundred, ayy. If you don't like it, then fuck it, ayy. We gonna win in the end, yeah. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we live in. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion, you gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? All right, Elias Ali is in the building. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Much, much appreciate you too, comrade. This guy right here is a really good musician, really good guy. Um, he can rap, sing. Um, he he gender bend gender bends he genre bends <laughs> and it's just amazing. Um, so I've been trying to get him off for a bit. So let let's let, let's uh let's get right into it. We got my boy Elias like Ali right here. Elias, how's it going on, bro? Feeling feeling really good, man. I'm I'm glad to be here. Feeling just a bunch of positive emotions. I I know it's been a while. You've been trying to get me on, and it seemed like I was ducking you, but it, you know I've been. <laughs> It wasn't the case, never the case. I'm glad to be here. Couldn't wait to be. I've always wanted to be uh, interviewed in this type of like podcast format. So this is dope. Yeah, 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 man. Um, I, I, I'm actually like a, I know I know you from different out, out, outlets, but I'm actually like a good fan of your music, man. I listen to your music. Um, I, I love it. I share it around and stuff like that um, because it's just, it's, it's so well done and um it's it's also like a blend of giving in a, a positive message of struggle and talking about what options we should be taking and also this music this you want to just vibe with which with, with your significant other with like you just have all those great outlets that a lot of musicians look for but don't really uh don't really do a great thing on executing well um, in a way, they'll come off as being out of touch, or they'll come off as being too misogynistic or anything. You have more of like a balanced level on 
how I feel like the future of this hip hop in general is becoming what you're seeing right now in the mainstream, a lot of different, a lot of different uh, crowds for a lot of different genres of, uh, of music of messages within hip hop, within the hip hop spectrum. There's a lot of crowds that you go, there's LGBTQ uh, rappers. Now there's, there's, there's uh, lesbian rappers, there's trans rappers. There's, there's all kinds of different type of hip hop. You can now uh, experience within, this, the 2020s era like it's great <laughs> yeah definitely absolutely absolutely um how do you what is your process like um when you got started you know what i mean like did you find yourself evolving into it or have you always from the beginning uh felt like you had to bring in such a nuanced message <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say nuanced for sure i definitely because i've been writing music since i was a child so I would I certainly wouldn't say nuanced, you know, mm. and, and you know, um, but I think like I had to learn it because there was always some kind of other message to my music um, subliminally, just because I've always loved poetry and I've loved metaphors and things like right. that. I think I found art as an escape. So like um, I would find a way to like get what I really needed to get out, which may have been something that I didn't feel comfortable talking about, um, get it out. Through a, through a dope way where somebody would be like, oh, like, cool, like, you're talking about this, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm really, might also be talking about this. So I learned double entendres and metaphors pretty early. So, but I wouldn't say it was it was nuanced. It was more so like when I was a kid, like, this, this is how it started. My, my parents were really into gospel and like mm -hmm. worship music and like, just, you know, that kind of like, kind of like holy and sanctified joint, right. you know what I mean? My mom also loved classics, like the classics, soul and things like that. And like, she got me into like certain music and she really wanted me to be rhythmic. And she was like very passionate about that. But I think at the stage of the, their lives that they were in when I was a young child was just trying to just fully devote to God. So like when I would sing a song about love, like as a little child, cause I heard Michael Jackson and I was like, I want to sing, mm -hmm. you know, something beautiful. And like, you know, or like I heard like a Marvin Gaye song and, you know, I just wanted to sing something great. Right, you know, right. and uh, and uh, I would sing like love songs at a young age that were very sensual and passionate. And my mom would be like, you know, like who who are you singing to? You know, like are you you, know, you should <laughs> sing songs to you should sing songs to God and like you should sing songs of like you know humility and like worship. And I was like, you're right, you know, like you know. And so I would like write love songs, but like in church, like not to desecrate the church or anything, but like when you listen to the music, it's very loving, it's very sensual, yeah, uh, in an artistic sense of the term. You could argue oh, yeah. that there's like some like undertones of eroticism in it, like in a in a subliminal subconscious possibility, you know, like they're they're saying raising their hands up, they're saying, like, you know, pour down on me with your love and all these things. And it's like, wow, like it was so emotional. So I think like when I was a kid and I would write like things to try to make sure my parents weren't like offended by it, I would make it sound like like it was like super religious and like, you know, but I've always wanted to write love songs. And mm -hmm. I think when I got older and got more passionate about like politics and like learned about nuance and learned about these things. Like the artists that called to me were like Bob Marley, where you'd have a song where he was just talking about easy skanking and like, you know, yeah, just, yeah. you know, having some, you know, like joints and some like the spliff. And, but then he'd also be like, emancipate yourselves yep. from mental slavery. None yep. but ourselves can free our minds. I was like, whoa, like that hit me. That hit me in a way at a young age, like 11, 12, where I'm like, well, I got to say something deeper. But as a kid, I don't think you always know what to say deeper. Right. And like, you know, you just kind of like are guided by these adults that tell you what's positive, whether it be like God or being a family man or education. And you're like, that sounds corny for music, kind of. And you're trying mm -hmm. to find that sound. Um, so it was it was definitely a long, actually, development to learn how to like make that balance. And I'm still... Uh, uh, growing in that balance as I mm. continue my journey. Mm. You do you still consider yourself a pupil? A pupil, like in regards to like music, just music like just a student. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm constantly studying. You know, like in fact, like you know, you we were had talked earlier, and you mentioned I was uh, genre bending, um, yeah. and that was like hard for me because. I like so many genres and it's like, it's hard to do everything. Right. And if you do know how to do a lot of different stuff, it's hard to 
single in on a crowd, you know? And I think yeah. that's another one of like my ways that I like unintentionally like, you know, sabotage my audience, you know? Like you have to like listen. And if you listen to type to listen to like 15 seconds and it's something that you're like, ah, I'm not into the style, that's, you're not the, you might not, might not be the listener for me. But if mm -hmm. you can listen to like, you know, one song and, and then listen to the other one and be like, oh, this is R&B. And then, you know, and if you're the type that's like, ah, I'm not, I'm into rap more. And then you're like, oh, this is rap. Like if you, if you go through it, um, I'm definitely that type of person. And, and you can, you know, go to certain projects that I curate in certain ways um, that have that kind of sound. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I answered the question. No, 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 keep going. I was just saying, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's, uh, I feel like, I feel like um, a, the reason why a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a lot of people are like trying to stay to one sound is because of the popularity they get off of that one sound. But I, I'm, I'm fully convinced, like just being in spaces with artists that like everyone wants to like try other things and do other things but it's like it's the execution is like do you feel confident confident enough do you feel like you have enough education enough to do it right um, yeah oh that was what i was gonna say I, I, I gotta stop it right there with the education yeah. let's stop on the education so i'm somebody that is very passionate about history i've just always been like that right. since i was a little kid i wanted to know the beginning of whatever it was you know what I mean? If there was like an artist, I'll be like, is he the first to do this? And right. then you'd be like, you'd have to be like, no, like some other dude, he said this was his influence. And then I want to like know all about that artist. Right. You know, and I'm like that with like art, you know, like as a fan, I'm not a good artist in, mm -hmm. in the sense of, you know, visual art. I'm, that's never been my gift. But as an observer, like that's how I am. That's how I study art. That's how I study even like revolutionaries, you know, who uh, tend to be very poetic also. Um, that's how I am because I love history and I love like the origins of things. Mm. So I remember like I first enjoyed rap music as a baby, but as a baby, I like rap was different when I was a baby. You know what I mean? So in my mind, just the way I perceived it at that time, I was like a rap purist. Mm. And I was like, you can't just do this. Like you have to like be from a certain place. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and I'm like, I'm from the Bronx and I'm Puerto Rican. And even I was like, I'm not like, cause like I wasn't in this street life. Right. Like I was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't out here, like, you know, just making moves like that. And then I moved out of the Bronx at a young age and I was just like, you know, but as we grew up right now, it's like, there's kids from like anywhere. And I saw, I saw a lot of kids get into rap that didn't necessarily have that respect for the history and the, and the origins. So mm. then I was like, now I feel responsible for telling that origin. Right. And, right. Uh, and that's what got me into rap at like 16, a little bit more seriously when I was like, not even career wise, just as like, I want to study it and I want to get really good at the flows, you know, mm. um, not just listening to like, you know, new stuff, but like going back and, you know, everything like 96 and before, you know what I mean? Going to like, you know, Jay-Z's like first album, you know, Reasonable Doubt and like, you know, going to, you know, Nas and like, I remember like a lot, you know, I, I mentioned that my family was religious. This is a big part of like my come up. Right. I had to smuggle music into my house to like get to be able to listen to it and study. Mm. it. So I've had like CD cases thrown out where I had to restart my studies. Mm. And a lot of times I, I, this is real. And like, uh, you know, they find yeah, I'm smiling this, because like? my dad's a pastor and I'm, Oh really? I didn't know that. Bro. Yeah. We got similar background with that. I was hiding music. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So like, yo, I, so I actually recently, uh, you know, rest in peace to DMX when he, uh, yeah. Rest in peace to X. He, he was yeah. a big pivotal moment for me. Cause when I discovered him also musically was received differently when I was a kid. So like, mm -hmm. I'm like getting a CD burned from a friend sneaking it in, writing a different name on it. Sometimes I'd be able to borrow the real CD. I've had friends CDs taken and confiscated and thrown out that like I borrowed and had to like, I've, I've, I've like gotten, you know, when you're a kid, like something like that's a big deal. So like I've gotten like, you know, like now like, you're like, all right, sorry, I'll buy you a new one. You know, like when I was a kid, I was just like, my parents like took it. I could never buy another copy of that for you. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> so like, you know, with, with, I started to have to get creative with it. Mm. And I, I had to, I had to do a little deception move. You see what I'm saying? I had to, 
unfortunately do a little deception you know what i mean and my mom <laughs> and my mom like would like pull up and like i would be like no that's a christian cd because mm. a lot of the christian artists began to like also be a little bit more daring in their artwork and things like this so i'd be like oh no that's that's christian you know dmx and and then there was x and like you know he always had like blood and like growl sounds and you know but every album he had the prayer which is crazy like you see what i'm saying so i was like nah like the blood <laughs> represents the blood of christ you feel <laughs> you know what i mean and i'm like see look he got a prayer for each album. i'm like telling his story his come up his testimony and he would like often uh uh reiterate my story you know what i mean with how he is because he was like kind of the reverend of hip-hop you know what yeah. i mean as as crazy as his music was yeah, um, yeah. and as wild as his lifestyle was and uh, I respected him, you know, like it was also important because um, he was, you know, he's a New Yorker, you know what I mean? But he's got like a lot of Baltimore connections for some reason. Mm. And for those listening, I, I, I was raised between New York and uh, uh, I spent a little time in New Jersey when I was a little kid. Um, I went to kindergarten and first grade out there. And uh, but most of my life from seven to age 23, I was in Baltimore County, Maryland. And like the, I would meet people from this, like in like, it was always like, people that I respected. They'll be like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, such and such. I knew DMX or I met DMX through this and oh, my, 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 my husband knows him or, you know, whatever it is, you know? And it would always be people that were like real people, you know, just like tough people, but like real people that like I could, you know, and I was like, wow, like there was always that duality when I would hear about, some, anytime I hear about somebody that has like some kind of Baltimore and New York roots, it, it makes a special connection to me. It, weirdly, it's also the same with Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, he was like, um, he was he's buried in in Baltimore, but he has like um, his old house was on like the Grand Con Concourse, right around the corner from where I'm from in the Bronx. So I would like walk past there and just like get in my zone with some music in my head, just like you know try to get in that in that zone. You know, like the Ravens, uh, the uh, is named after his poem, poem the Raven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, j just stuff like that. I use I take a lot of inf inspiration from historical figures and put them put it into my music too mm. Mm. yeah like i'm a, you you consider yourself a poet like as well too right? absolutely yeah, yeah definitely yeah. I, that's how i've always liked music but like i think at seven years old was when like i started poetry and mm. i was into music separately mm. separately you know what i mean and then like i think by like nine and ten was when i would start like hear lyrics that i was like that's poetic like that's and I would start to really like, I remember, um, you know, from church, gospel, soul. Unfortunately, I didn't listen to enough Latin music growing up, which is crazy because I'm Puerto Rican. I listen to a <laughs> lot now. I listen to a lot now. Like I listen to like mad salsa. I learned how to right. dance it. I'm, you know, I listen to reggaeton now. But growing up, like, you know, my household was like primarily English speaking. Mm. My parents would switch to Spanish when they didn't want me to know, when they were hitting it with some deception, when they mm. were just like, you know, Hey, you know, like there was some serious talk or like maybe bickering at each other. So I learned, you know, certain, you know, words here and there, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I knew the foods and the cuss words, you know what yep, I mean? Yep. That's, that's what you learn first, <laughs> you know? And like, you know, d direct demands, you know what I mean? That I might right. get from my mom, you know, exclamations. So like, were they forcing you to, uh, to, to speak English? Or um, they no, just no. always demanded to just talk English, or like they just, they just decided to talk English. Let me be clear. Let me. Yeah. Great question. Great question. Ah, I'm so glad I get to answer this question. Yeah. Um, my grandparents are from Puerto. Uh, my grandparents are from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Both sides, both sides, um, you know, transition to the USA. You know what I mean? They don't like to say immigrated. You know, because like right, it's, it was because it's like a colony of the USA. So they say like right. we're, we're citizens. It's, owned by the usa they try to like you know because there was a lot of assimilation that was happening at that time right so my right. grandparents that that came over you know they were very serious about you know from what i understand um not getting you know keeping their heads down and keeping you know and and, and you know there was a time period in america where like you couldn't even uh raise the flag in the bronx you know what i mean yeah. uh there was a lot of white flight when puerto ricans were moving into certain neighborhoods in the bronx you know what I mean? Um, right. My my mom uh, made her transition to a more northern part of the Bronx 
uh, where like uh, around Fordham Road and University. Now, if you go there, like it's like basically like you know, uh, 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 primarily like Latinx hood, you know, where where my grandmother still lives and where I visit often and and have a lot of respect for. And if you ever need anything and you find yourself in the Bronx, go to Fordham Road and and get yourself fresh. Mm. You know what I mean? Get some, go to a cuchiprito, get some empanadas. You know, all that stuff. You know, I was raised in Puerto Rican culture, fully, but strangely, like we just were naturally just speaking in English. Like my grandparents learned English and their 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 family was like English and Spanish like fifty percent of the time. Mm. You know, if it was like if they went to an English they would went to English and Spanish churches, they read the Bible in English and Spanish, they would like read it read which verse and which one if they were trying to understand it differently. You know what I mean? My my parents grew up in the Bronx and Harlem. You know, my mom is from the Bronx, my father's from East Harlem. You know, he was around African Americans. Italians, other Latinos, you know what I mean? Like, so he was picking up on Spanish slowly growing up here and there, but like mm -hmm. his mother never, you know, he was one, he was number eight of 10 children. His mother never like sat down with him and like even taught him English, you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. he was a, he was a street kid, you know, just like learning on the streets. Right, so right, he right. actually didn't feel comfortable with his Spanish speaking until he was an adult and he was in work. And like he was working, you know, with a lot of other Latinos. So by the time we came around, you know, I think that they thought that we would just pick it up, but nobody sat down with us and taught us that. And right, right. we weren't, you know, once once you move us out of this Bronx, now we're living in Baltimore County, it's black American and Jewish people here in the area of Baltimore that I'm in. So it's mm -hmm. like two different culture shocks and specifically African Americans that haven't been primarily exposed to large like Latin um, uh, culture. So I was not like, it wasn't like the Bronx where they're like, Pape, you know, like talking to me in Spanish and like, you know, dapping me up and like, I'm eating like soul food and they're eating like, you know, pastelillos and like tostones. Here, they didn't even know what that was. Like I would say I was from Puerto Rico and they would be like, is that a city in Mexico? You know what I mean? Oh man. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how I was raised. So it was like, it, I was, I would cling to my, my identity through, you know, learning about the history and like, right trying to get into the music and like trying to trying to learn a couple Spanish words here and there. But like, it just wasn't like the culture that I was primarily raised in. Um, I'm proud to say that I'm working on my Spanish, you know, soy aprendiendo más y más todos los días. You know, I learn more and more, I, I learn more and more each day, you know, um, I still am very sharp more so on the history. Um, uh, but I can cook a mean arroz con candules, like serious, serious. Like I can cook some good Puerto Rican food and, my wife is fluent in Spanish. We go back and forth sometimes and reconnected on the island, La Isla, you know. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful journey, man. It's it's an ongoing journey, you know. Like there's there's some, you know, Bronx and 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 Puerto Rican slander that happens, you know, where they're just like Puerto Ricans, you know. There's an ongoing joke in the Latinx community that Puerto Ricans speak Spanish in English, you know, mm -hmm. which is basically true. But uh, I want to <laughs> strengthen my Spanish and and. Uh, Hey man, who knows? Maybe maybe one day full immersion, just return to La Isla, you know, just right. yeah, die man. among the die among the sunset of the Caribbean, you know. Yeah, <laughs> sounds beautiful, you know what I mean? That sounds like great. <laughs> what is what what are the uh what are the uh Spanish uh Latino artists that you're listening to right now? Like who who's I, your who's your top five right now? Number one. Bad Bunny, I'm seeing him in March. Yeah. Oh, we're Bad Bunny, <laughs> Bad Bunny, number one, number one artist on Spotify. I believe two years in a row. Yeah, he's I believe two Drake. years in a row. Beating my boy Drizzy Drake, beating my boy Drizzy, who's like, you know, who who he's done music with. Yeah. So it's like two of my favorite artists doing music together in in, in Spanish. You know, we're also in a different time. The same way I was saying, we're in a different time. How we receive music and how how hip hop artists are perceived. We're in a different time for Latinx artists as well. You know what I mean? And 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 American artists mm -hmm. to to or, or Canadian artists to, you know, be singing in Spanish, you know. Uh and this has been ongoing. You know, Drake back in the day did a song with uh Romeo Santos. Yeah. Uh Weezy's worked with Latin artists, you know, uh, you know, that was a, you know, uh, there's different crossover that we see now more than ever. 
And then when you got like Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and like, you know, um, you know, his name is escaping me at this moment because I'm on the spot. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> not, I like it. I'm not, I like it joint. If he hears this, he's like not going to sign me. He's never going to give me a chance. <laughs> Jay Balvin, oh my God, so sorry. Yeah. Oh, that, Legend. yeah, yeah. I, Legend. I like it. Um, like uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was a huge crossover record. And he's talked about like in his interviews being adamant about like staying, speaking in Spanish and, you know, like not needing to speak English and not understanding why that needed to be the standard. So, you know, shout out to Jay Balvin. And I think he, in many ways, paved the way obviously riding off of like another, like bu building on, not riding off of, but building on the success of other reggaeton artists from before. And then Jay Balvin, you know, cause he was doing a big in 2014. I remember him doing a big. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, that paved a lot of the way for uh, sonically for the sound, like the melodic type of like um, urban Latin music that that uh, uh, Bad Bunny came on the scene with. I think he paved the way. And uh, so I would have to say favorite Latin artist would be Bad Bunny. Does it have to be any, any all time? No, it doesn't have to be all time. It's just that who's who's who you listen to right now? Like what's what, what am I listening to right now? Who's vibing right okay. now? Who's on that right live playlist when he's not dropping fire? At Funny him? enough, some some classic <laughs> stuff is some classic stuff is is there. So I, I might have to mention the classics as well. But I would right, say right. Bad Bunny is like most frequent. Um, uh, J Balvin is there. Um. There's a classic artist that I listen to a lot. He's a uh, Chocero, um, Andres Jimenez. Mm. And his albums like take me somewhere, bro. And mm. a lot of times I'll be listening to that when I'm not firing off some good music. Like he has like a chill, like salsa. He does a lot of like bomba y plena sounds like the, you know, the Jibaro mm. music. In mm. fact, he's donned El Jibaro, which um, if you don't know means, it's a Puerto Rican word for like a, like a, Basically, like a campesino in other languages, uh -huh. like a, like a, like a like a, a person from the campos, from the from the mountains, who is like a countryman, maybe even a farmer or like a worker. You know, it's the poor and working class, the peasant class of like uh, uh, Puerto Rico would be the hibaros, mm -hmm. um, living more primarily inland, usually. Um, mm -hmm. And he's since like back in the day has proudly donned himself the hibaro, um, el hibaro, and. Uh, his music are like his music is wildly about like you know Puerto Rican nationalism and like independence and like That's beautiful you know yeah it's it's great Andres Jimenez Bad Bunny J Balvin um I still listen to uh, uh Mark Anthony I like Mark right. Anthony he's fire <laughs> and then and then more recently like you know uh, uh Rosalia I enjoy some of her music mm. um but, I'm so uh, happy I know these artists That's why I know I love music because I'm just like I understand a lot of different artists from different <laughs> I'm just like I'm glad I know these artists like <laughs> there, there's a lot of good artists that I've enjoyed like you know individual songs here and there too that like you know deserve like honorable mentions you know but mm. um I think I'm I think I'm pleased with that group that I'm gonna name right now mm. um because those are the ones that I'm like doing deep dives into that I feel comfortable saying like these are artists that like I'd be listening to for real for real and right. then, like, sometimes, like, as far as Latin music, like, I really enjoy nowadays just putting on, like, you know, um, it might sound weird, depending on the mood, I'll put on, like, really very live salsa. Or you can ask, like, you know, we have, like, uh, uh, Alexa, I'll be like, Alexa, play relaxing salsa music. Because sometimes the beats are, like, a little bit more, yeah. ding, 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 you know, and you're hitting it with a, you know, a little, you right. know, slow vibe with a bing, 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 yeah. bing, cowbell just kind of rocking the vibe in the background. Oh man, I love um, playing the cowbell. So yeah. important. So <laughs> crucial. So crucial. Oh man, for it. Christmas. For Christmas I bought like we haven't given it to them yet, but for Christmas I bought like bags of just instruments for my nieces and right. nephews. Like little right. baby instruments. So they're gonna have the huido, you know. Nice. <laughs> nice. They're gonna have the um the the uh the maracas. What are the ones that the maracas, of course. Of course yeah. the maracas. Um the words escaping me right now, but the king, king, king. Um, the, the two glavis. Glavis. Yeah, um, I play that professionally. I do gigs with that. That's so dope. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you Caribbean? What's your background? I'm Black American, but I'm a percussionist. I'm a rapper and a percussionist. Top. Yeah. So we need to work or something. I play man. with that shit. Yeah. I love that shit. <laughs> Especially like the the rumba clave. I use that a lot in the um the soul the sun the sun clave. Oh, 
a lot of shit. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Wow. I'm freaking. Uh. Like you were talking about the the slow salsa. That's for people that want to learn percussion, slow salsa music, and swing jazz and stuff like that. Those are great. Mm. Those are great genres to listen to to learn how to like improv. Because that's why I'm learning right now improvisation. Because um, you don't want to like. I have more of a hip hop background, is what uh, Eric is telling me. Um, so I'm used to the constant beat not changing. You know what I mean? So I have mm. to get back. I have to get into ch- switching it. And Salsa will slowly get faster throughout the song. Yes. <laughs> and like, and like for 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 the type of music where you're trying to keep up with a bunch of percussionists, because I just did that for the first real time in my life. Like we tried yeah. a couple times. I've done it slowly, but uh, my wife's family. Her mother, my mother-in-law, great mm-hmm. woman. Um, she's she was in Puerto Rico until she was twenty-five years old. So she's like Puerto Rican, you know, like Boricua mm-hmm. from the island. And then she moved to the Lower East Side, where you know her. Um, my father-in-law brought her back with him to New York, and they right. started a family there. So she's like really in tune with the, that side of the culture, and she be showing me like, you know, we were doing, you know, I got rhythm and stuff, but like we're playing this music and like we're trying to keep up with it. And like it gets faster, like slowly, and it's like it's almost like you need to see a conductor to like get it perfect. But mm-hmm. uh, or you have to have a good ear, and right. you gotta listen, and you gotta stay on that. And naturally, since it's like very like it keeps going and going, you have to make sure that you don't fall off. And like somebody with with more than two or three people playing, somebody's gonna get off tempo at some point. At some point, somebody's but gonna get off tempo. So so you gotta make sure you jump back into it and and don't right. let them mess you up you know yeah i'm learning yeah. that yeah that's cool that's not count easy in. i always count myself in you got to count yourself in and don't count right. yourself in out loud people count yourself in, in your head just focus and play when you're ready to play don't not rush into it <laughs> that 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 almost sounds like a, a a motivational speech count yourself in don't count yourself out, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you count yourself out when you force yourself to play, which I have made a lot mm. of mistakes doing. When you force yourself to play, you lose that tempo. And when you lose mm. that tempo, you you may think that you're doing all right, but your bandmates, they hear you. They know you're not doing all right. And <laughs> they know tell you. They're going to tell you. <laughs> I, used to, I used to be, I used to be in a rock band, dude. I haven't played with live Word. performance in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Word, man. For like four uh, years. What, what kind of rock band? Like, um, it was like heavy. It was like heavy. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, strangely, it was heavy. <laughs> strangely, it was heavy. It's like, it's 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 like a. It feels like another life to me. But then at the mm-hmm. same time, like I still feel connected to that time. So mm-hmm. like, I like when, I understand when people are surprised, because mm. it's like so different. But I don't like when people are too surprised. Yeah. Because then I'm like, well, because I'm like, you know, exactly. Like, I'm like, bro, like, I I love music. I love drums. When I heard that, I was like, this is mad rhythmic. Like, the double bass and the, you know what I mean? Like, my, 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 and and look, bro, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Like, I kept it real. Like, my, my band was like, like, my drummer was a gospel drummer. Yo, why are gospel um, musicians are always the best? They just seem Come on, like why? They know how to lay it down. Why? Because they start when they're children. Yeah. They start when they're children. They'll be sitting next to the drummer with a pad. Right. They'll be, sit- they'll be sitting next to the drummer with the pad. You ever seen that? Yep. Yep. I've seen that a lot in Baltimore. I've performed at a lot of churches, um, whether it had been with my band. I, I performed at a couple churches, and uh, I used to be in a choir. That's where I got a lot of my vocal training. Mm. It was called the Milford Mill Concert Chorale. Nice. nice. I was the brightest thing in the whole whole choir. I was the, like, <laughs> not the brightest singing wise. I'm talking about when the lights were on stage. Oh, okay, gotcha. You had the, I was literally had, uh, the brightest because of my fair skin. Oh, okay, Because of, gotcha. of my fair skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, the, yeah, I was, it was like, it was like, what's that one, like, <laughs> what's that one different kid? Like, it was like that. <laughs> It was like that. And like, and like, bro, I've never been the best musician around the people that I was in. I wasn't the best musician around like my sisters growing up. Mm. Like my sisters would sing beautifully 
and just never had that passion for like poetry and like writing and like they never wrote their own songs and they never got into it. But like, it's just always been my passion. Mm. When I was in that choir, there were people that were singing circles around me. Again, again, another reason why I was doing a different style of music because I was like, where can I fit in? Like I would try and rap and I was like, nah, cause like, I'm not tough enough. I'm not like, just like straight up G. I thought that's what you had to be to be a hip hop artist at that time. I went through the same thing, man. I thought the same thing. I felt like I wasn't then, tough enough. <laughs> exactly. Then with R&B, which I've always loved, it's always been a part of me. People just didn't know it because I wasn't gonna try to sing R&B because R&B singers, especially 10, 15 years ago, Come on, bro. Like they were singing. Yeah. They would look at me and say, You cannot sing. Like you should not sing. Right. That's you can sing like in a crowd of people singing, but you should not be the one on the stage. Like that's how singer singers are. You know what I mean? Like soul gospel, that's real stuff. So I was like, I can't do that. I tried and I learned a lot from it. And I can hit some I got some range and but like there's just some people that like they've always had that like skill and they were around singers that were like really training them from like a young age and they and they and they studied that and mm. lucky for me i enjoyed rock music yeah. and it was easier to smuggle in rock bands <laughs> it was it was because yeah. i told you you know like it, i had to like like a lot of bands use a lot of spiritual connotations in their lyrics yeah I, so I listen I would to take, a lot of rock music too. They do. <laughs> so I would take bands and be like, you see, he te- he mentioned God. He talked about this. He's talking about heaven. He's talking yeah. about hell. He's talking about good. He's talking about evil. So it was easier. Whereas like rap artists tend to talk about their immediate surroundings. Yeah. Right. Especially, I feel like, I feel like rap, that's not, that, that might not even be as true now. Um, but it still is. It's, With certain, it's, it's a, you know who real, who's not. <laughs> basically, correct. Correct. <laughs> correct. But even even with that, even with that, like even with that, right? Like it's still in a lot of ways very literal. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So in that sense, like they're still talking about like the things that are around them, like tangible things. It was like a rock song. You could listen to it. And you don't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? And it could sound great, and you could love it. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's what I liked. And then um, there was this guitarist friend of mine. He was El Salvadorian. Salvadorian. I don't think you're supposed to say El Salvadorian. He was from El- his family's from El Salvador. And uh, it's like gothic. I-, I would say he was like kind of gothic at that time period. I don't know if he would, you know, maybe just a metalhead. He would have described himself. But could play some sick ass fucking Spanish guitar, bro. And like, you ever heard of Pierce like, Devel? Correct. Yeah, I've seen them live. Yo, all right. That's who I was thinking of when you said that because they're like metal and Spanish guitar as well. Like they're fire. so so. <laughs> that's how he was raised, like with classical Spanish guitar. That's so when cool. he moved to like guitar, like on some metal, right. he was killing it. Just you know, just killing it, doing all kind of shit. So me, I came in with this like. I came in with this like. I grew up on so many different artists. I was like, we could do like a rock rap r&b collide that was my dream that's that's where i was at what happened he was on straight metalcore (laughs) straight metalcore and he was the guitarist and he wrote a lot of amazing riffs and i was young and impressionable and i liked some of that oh i started to listen to some of that music I connected with some of it. I wasn't like the deepest, but I connected with a good chunk of it. Like I studied it the same way I studied everything else. The same way I get into like salsa. I want to know about the classics to the now. And and when I listen to reggae, I want to listen to like the old '60s stuff before I go and listen to you know the '70s and '80s or or before I listen to reggae of today. You know mm-hmm. that's how I that's how I was with rock. I went right. back to like I let the I got the lead out 1969. And 1970, you know, album one through three, mm. you know what I mean? Front to back, constantly mm. just to get that. And I realized, oh, this is blues. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. this isn't that different. Oh, yeah. He was talking about like, you know, you shook me, baby. You shook me all night long. 
like all that like weird like just i'm like this is jazz vocals over like a boom 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 I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, been dazed and confused for so long. It's not true. He was like really soulful. So I, I dug that and I was trying that and I went forward. And, you know, the time period where we were growing up, you know, I, I say we, I don't even know how old you are. I think you're younger than me. We're the same age, bro. 30 even? I turned 30 in April. Ah, I beat you yeah. by a few months. <laughs> yeah, I'm officially an OG. I'm officially <laughs> an OG now. Yeah, I mean, officially, officially, Ofi- officially. I gotta say shit different now. I gotta say officially, and I gotta say mature, not mature. mature. I, you know, I'm a little bit. You know, my my palate is a little bit more mature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On some shit, I don't know. Things got to be a little altered. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, it's facts though. You know what I mean? Like, they're just talking about the origins of like what metal is today. Like you. Uh, that it, it coincides with exactly like what my issue with uh what we were talking about earlier with hip hop artists that don't really listen to hip hop, don't know hip hop, don't know where it's from, but they they're good with it, but they don't care Amazing. to know anything else about it. It's the same thing with metal. There's a lot of metal that and the art a lot of artists do acknowledge it, but there it has moved into a different realm where the past is the past is so long because it's like blues is like what 1920s or some shit like that like it's such a long vibrant it's over a hundred years of that type of of that type of genre connection Mm -hmm. expanding in so many different other genres so it's hard it's hard it's it's the re-education process and i feel like once you learn all that you become even greater because all the artists that are great as hell you hear what they listen to or the musicians that you hear what they listen to they know it they know it. That's why you got the Beatles, the last remaining living Beatles, like Paul McCartney, acknowledging mm. Little Richard because he knows. He knows where he mm. got his sound from. He knows. All the greats know. So if you want to be great, all the kid, greats know. <laughs> all the greats know. All the greats they know. know. Michael, all, all the, the people know. Michael Jackson fucked with. All the people that he fucked with when he was alive. Sometimes, sometimes like, you know something crazy? Like, I went to this. This is a deep, this is, I'm going to go a little deeper into what exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because like all the greats know, but like the truth of the matter is societally, like, do we really know? Mm. Mm. Some of it gets so deep. Like when you really get into studying these things, these collective histories, these separate histories, these combinations, you mentioned salsa. I mentioned salsa earlier. You mentioned when, when you're learning a uh, uh, percussion, you want to listen to slow salsa and, and, and jazz. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've listened to salsa and realized salsa is a ballroom style of music. Yep. Sure, it evolved from bomba y plena y rumba y mambo y uh, uh, song from Cuba, you know, some Cuban styles and some mm-hmm. Dominican styles and some Puerto Rican styles. But it was really truly like, it all culminated in New York City in the 1960s in ballroom dancing. You know what I mean? Where it developed to be this thing. Um, and there's certainly predecessors, absolutely. But when salsa was realized as this like amalgamation of all these like artists, it was in the 1960s in New York City and it spread and Miami and, and so on and so forth. Now, there would be no salsa without jazz either. There will be, and like salsa also had like a little bit of an influence the other way, a little bit on some of the like, you know, trumpet players would go to like Cuba and like hear artists perform there and they'd perform and, you know, trade ideas. So it's like, these things are connected, you know what I mean? And like, you know, you know, I don't know. I I just think that's really cool. So, oh, and then with the blues and the, the rock and the hip hop and, you know, it's just like. You know, that's why I guess like growing up here in bands like Linkin Park just made sense to me. Where right. it was like, th- those bands were like a new realization of like what it could be. And I actually right. feel like rock died. This is my theory. This is my hot take of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Rock died because a lot of m- modern rock stars wouldn't recognize the origins. That's exactly what I was about to get into. <laughs> and weren't able, and 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 I and you know I think it's you know obviously because of racism and yes. and maybe even a little bit of genre jealousy, right? 
you know, rock was taking on so many forms and they were all rebelling against each other sonically. You know what right. I mean? You had like the punk movement, which would be created a bunch of subcultures within that, mm-hmm. you know, metal became a totally different thing from what its origins were. But when I think about metal and the persona of metal, even that, like they stole from the, you know, LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. or, or, or maybe originally were part of it and borrowed from it. But mm-hmm. like, you know, you think about the way they, the, the, the metal dress, the spikes, yeah. The, the dominatrix influence, like, you know, right. origins of the style, uh, the goth right. thing, right. Um, uh, body modifications. That's indigenous stuff. We've been doing that for thousands yes. and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yes. This is this is our stuff. This is indigenous. This is mm-hmm. African. This is, you know, um, you know, all over, you know, Afro-Asia. You know what I mean? Like, this is all over, you know, indigenous tribes of, like, ancient Europe. We're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is. This has been going on. This is not the 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 status quo of America, of Western mm-hmm. culture, of modern Western culture. So, you know, that's why, like, when kids are being rebellious, that's naturally what they go to, you right. know? So I was like, a metalhead. You know, yeah, yeah, there you go. I was a metalhead. I, feel, I still feel like I'm, I'm still re- rebellious, though, but in a, in a more mature activist way <laughs> like rebellious and oh we need to change the system rebellious instead of oh, you were a true rebel be, yes you were yeah. a tr- you're a true rebel as am i you see what i'm saying you weren't right. doing it just to rebel for fun you realize right. like no like i'm trying to do this shit for real like oh you were just in an energy when you were like angry and young no i'm still angry i'm still, still wanting to see and i realized that like oh like i have to be tactical i have to be smart mm-hmm. i have to be militant Exactly. I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my community and like my people. I have right. to try. I have to make mistakes and try again. I have to, you know, hit the streets. I have to be seen somewhere. Yeah, yep. Right? Yep. I have yep. to do the work of myself internally. Yep. There's a yep. lot. I gotta study. Yep. I wish metal I wish I wish a lot of metal artists would will hear this podcast and will not release it. I hope that happens. I'm gonna try to put it in the in there because I know a few. I, and we try to share share it around because it's so true. Um, if you I want everybody. Like I, I, want, I want I want the pop heads to listen to it too because yeah, I don't because yeah. there's well, there's hip hop heads that are closed. <laughs> there's there's hip hop heads yep. that are like so just on 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 like certain like just hip hop as a whole or certain subgenres like a certain era yes. of hip hop that it's like dude like there was predecessors to that and there's things that are now you know what I mean right. and there's and we can enjoy all those things at the same time especially now. We don't live in a, I think my phone's like sinking on me. We don't live in a, um, we live in the most accessible to music time. Yes, you know? we do. And it's amazing. You could literally travel the world in your phone. Just travel the world. And I do phone. regularly. Yeah. It's important <laughs> too. Yeah. It's, it's important so too. All those sounds, everything that connects. Like, it's so, it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing. It's a big privilege to have that. Like, Hundred percent. I pay for title, and I pay for title just because of that. Because title gives me access to a lot of those things. I know people like Spotify. I guess y'all like Spotify, but I like title. <laughs> Title's nice. I want to. I want to also add something uh, to what we were talking about about influence. Yes. I've had a thought that the screaming in metal, right? Mm. I've had a thought that like. You know, because like you ever heard of like the indigenous like throat singing? Yes, especially um in, uh, up here in North America, where you hear. I don't know. I just like if you if you re- look at the history of imperialism, you look how many people, how many Americans, how many Westerners, how many English people, how many people have traveled all throughout Latin America, starting businesses. You know, they had kids. You know, like I work in an assisted living, and like. There's people that were like raised in like Venezuela because their like father worked for like an oil company or like, you know, like a fruit company. You know what I mean? And it's like they they speak Spanish and like they speak these different languages from these different countries that they live in. They they speak, you know, or they lived in Philippines on an army base for like years. They they have spread throughout the whole world and like come back with these ideas, you know, like even if you look at punk and like ska is like, you know, basically like from from reggae music, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so much of it is influenced. So like if you don't know these styles of music or you say you don't like these styles, 
you're actually like selling yourself kind of short because there's yeah, so much are. good music you're, you're selling yourself short of like the the an active ingredients like the the, the active ingredient and right make so much greater it's really not it the 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 cost of delving into all this knowledge that you don't really know about makes your value as an artist so much greater just all the, the cost so, of your yeah. time i think so i hope so <laughs> well, but i think but right. i think it yeah 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 gotta yeah. do it right <laughs> gotta do it right <laughs> journals you're uh yeah you let's get it let's talk about it let's talk about great, it great fucking project man um thank you you enjoyed it yes yes it did good yes, it did good great fucking project uh my favorite thank song you. My favorite song right now on that project is definitely um baby chain and oh, actually it's two it's baby chain and um reminiscing reminiscing ah okay 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 you like my flows you like my I rap like i like it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i tried Fire. to bring it i tried to bring it i tried to bring it yeah, yeah yeah i like how you make them short too you know what i mean like you you understand that the listener time could be like you know screwed up they don't have time to listen to like these 24 track songs that other artists are dropping right now you keep yeah. it keep it consistent i mean like look you can literally listen to this this new project journals um and and your other project love by the moment which is also still newly new um in all 30 minutes of your time put it right on repeat mm. you can listen to the whole album with no problem yeah like 12 times yeah. in a day don't even realize it. <laughs> that's tough what's that's the, tough what what was the message that you're trying to get across to your audience with journals? Journals, honestly, was like more of like a personal release. Mm. That's why I called it that. That's why I earned that title. Mm. Um, I would say like, if you listen to Late Nights, um, track six, you know, like, yep. I make reference to times in my life that like are like long past mm -hmm. because I wrote that song years ago. Mm. and it didn't have a home mm. and um every time i had a project like i had it like since belongs to the night in 2019 when i did my song yeah. like good vibes that's a fire fire ep by the way like, thank you that's one of my like i always am trying to outdo that one because that's my like that's my favorite type of music to listen to i yeah, really enjoy latin it. riffs that you had on there Woo. Man, you said oh, the what the latin riffs you had on there Woo. fire right Thank you, man. I appreciate wow. that. You know, like, I like, I really wanted to implement like a Caribbean sound, mm. which I think I achieved on Sunsets, Good Vibes, um, mm -hmm. and uh, on the bonus track, uh, Shake It Off as well, you mm -hmm. know, uh, Belong to the Night, the title, the title track also mm -hmm. has a Caribbean vibe. So there's four songs out of the seven that have a Caribbean vibe on Belong to the Night. Um, and I think my message for that one was more like, I was learning a process of like letting go. Nice. And while I was writing that project, some of the ideas for journals, which came years later, obviously just just dropped in November. Um, a lot of those artists were fermented years ago. Mm. A whole song that was fermented from that time, and I even make reference to my mom who has passed on the song mm -hmm. in the present tense in the song because I wrote it at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but at that that song, I think, was the catalyst for like you know an explosion of more music. Yeah. Um, but either, every time like I had like one or two that would go with that, I would end up putting it on a different project that was like more lovey-dovey. So Belongs to the Night was kind of like fun. And it was like, I'm letting go of this like, this like, you know, heartbreak and I'm having fun and I'm, and I'm mm -hmm. learning about myself and I'm vibing and I'm realizing that I belong to the night. I don't, I'm not a possession to be had. You mm -hmm. belong to the night. You're not a possession to be had. Like learning like what true love mm -hmm. is. That's what that project is. But like the hurt wasn't expressed on it. Mm the 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 i'm single and i want to be a smut wasn't expressed you know <laughs> like you know wasn't expressed and journals is like my more like kind of dark you know like i don't want to say not positive i think it's a positive project still just because that's genuinely who i am mm -hmm. but it, it is more of a dark project i would say you know that's why like you know when i was trying to write a journals type project love by the moment came out which is just like a much more lovey-dovey, very R alternative R&B project. And none of these songs really master that. So um, I finally felt like I was ready to record these songs 
And I also think it's a culmination of like past sounds into what I sound like today. I think it's a good balanced project. I have a good, like I've had projects that have been like almost exclusively rap and I've had projects that were like almost exclusively singing, like mm -hmm. Love by the Moment and Belong to the Night. And this yep. one is consistently both throughout. Like I bring you the bars, right. I bring you the flows. Right. It's not completely overtly political, but I do bring some politics in on Baby Chain. You know what I mean? And uh, some strong, some strong political references. Not just like, I was like, if I'm gonna do it on this song, I'm gonna say some, you know, really strong stuff. Right. Like, shout it out, Breakthrough News. You know, uh, you know, uh, check out Breakthrough News, awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, run by the party for socialism and liberation. And just like, you know- I had Monica uh, on here last, uh, she, was, she was my first episode for season two, actually. I, I didn't see you, I didn't see that. Oh, you did? I gotta see that one. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, I gotta see that. I'm a, I'm a, Monica's a great friend of mine. Besides just being a comrade, mm -hmm. um, I love that person so much. She's a great <laughs> fighter. She's a great like Boricua comrade and sister of mine. You know, um, we've we've had like adventures, parties, so many like you know like excursions out into Brooklyn and like all kinds of hours just to get to some like dope party. Oh <laughs> man. Dope. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like, you know, she's been, uh, she was an influence on my, like, I think politics. Mm. I was like a baby socialist, you know, I don't even think I, rec I, I don't even think I, I, I wasn't a socialist. I don't think when I met her, mm. I, I think that's where it was. Like I was like, learning about radical politics through like, you know, my upbringing and my music. Right, right, But I right. wasn't like, I'm a radical revolutionary socialist. I'm a, you know, I'm, I was just like, I'm nonpartisan. I don't fuck with these parties. Mm. In fact, I've always been that way. But the one time I, I at that time that I met her, I had just, um, and I met other comrades. Um, I had just, for the first time, uh, was voting as a Democrat because Bernie was running. Mm. That's where I was uh, politically in 2016. Yep, me too, man. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't yep. that crazy? Like I'm like 100% radicalized right now. Like I'm like. So I'm we joined cool. at the same time, basically. I don't know if I joined fully that time, but that was when I was like ah. sipping my, putting my toe in the water, and like you know yeah. meeting people, and like I think I can't forget. I can't remember if I moved in it. I think I I was around that area in 2015. But I was on my hip hop vibe. I thought I was gonna go down. I was trying to go down a mainstream hip hop vibe. Mm -hmm. I was trying to like, in fact, denounce some of like my you know better qualities. Like I didn't want to be too soft. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm 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 reconnecting. Like I'm I, I was living in the Bronx and I was just on my solo dolo vibes and <laughs> I was in some dark vibes. You know what I mean? I don't even know if like like how I was feeling on the inside like. You know, um, and uh, I think socialism saved me. I think I think socialism saved me. I was I had some sleazy lyrics that like I wouldn't have written today, and uh, I like my friend Henry. I met him at the New York Poets Cafe, mm. of all places, mm. and uh, saw a bunch of people perform. I think I can't remember if I did a performance like a poem or that time, but uh, I met Henry, who was a PSL member and a uh, great comrade to this day. He just got married. I was um, in the wedding and, you know, like these connections that are different from right. people that were just good people that cared about the world. And right. I was like, I always wanted to like do something different because the music artists that I love, like Rage Against the Machine and Bob Marley and you know, these, artists, I, was like, I want to say something, I want to say something deeper. So honestly, it was selfish reasons. I was like, I want to come around here for inspiration for my mm. music so that I could say something more real, mm. but they had more influence on me than, than my music. And then my, and then it influenced my music, you know, like they were like, we got to hit the streets right now. I didn't even plan on going to a protest. Like I just was at something and they were talking. I was like fired up and they were like, yeah, so we're going right now. We're like, everybody grab a <laughs> sign. And I was like, what? Like. I was scared of getting arrested. I was scared of 
I was very scared of like marching in the streets and the police coming around. Like I was in a totally different headspace. Oh, I was me like, too, I got man. weed on me. <laughs> like I had like a big bag of weed in my pocket. I was like, yo, like weed wasn't like decriminalized at that time. You know, yeah, I was yeah. like, and we were marching like we were marching like anti-Trump, just like right. yelling, and the cops are blocking and the blockade in the street. I'm like, oh no, like we're just gonna march into this. Like, I don't know if I'm feeling this, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, that's where I was at. And like I was like really critical of like academic spaces and like really like just like defensive. I think I had like a very like, you know, like I was just on my proud Boricua, like Bronx vibes. I was like, these people aren't going to tell me what's right. I'm not going to listen to all these like academic, like white spaces, like telling me like mm. about, about history. But then like, you know, they were telling me some shit <laughs> that like I didn't. And, and then I realized like, I liked the way they moved. Right. I liked the, I liked the, the platform that they provided for black and brown folks. I liked it a lot. And I was like, and you okay. didn't feel tokenized. You actually felt like you was being hurt. For the too. first time, bro. 